Beyond, and hello everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 675 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show. And of course, we are in a world where the PlayStation 5 is now available in parts of the world. Uh, if you're listening to this, the, the day this episode <laughs> comes out, the rest of the world gets it uh, the day after the show comes out because of reasons that Sony didn't tell us. Uh, and so I thought to commemorate most of the world getting their PS5s by the end of this week, I would write one more poem. So here we go. Oh, no. The PS5s have arrived. Well, for most of us, anyway. For the rest of the world, it's only one more day. But for now, Beyond can be your friend. For spoiler-free chats that will make the wait end. For you'll see quite soon how fun the PS5 can be. As long as you avoid a bug or two or three, there's a lot of bugs. But next gen has arrived, yet there's just one thing it lacks. Oh, when? Oh, when, Mr. PlayStation? Will you deliver us a new knack? Oh, and- I was wondering where that was going to go. My like, yeah. my brain was worrying as to what you were going to end with. I like it. That's really the only hope that I, I have for these poems is just everyone wondering where the hell is this going? That's kind of what I want to leave the audience with. But anyway, I, I hope you, it- I miss you guys. That was that was beautiful. I like, yeah. you know, everyone's groaning, but I I. I I miss that stuff. I just I like that it's just just Jonathan coming out of his shell with some poetry, which I didn't it, I would never have guessed. But here we go. No, I got to put all of those English classes I took in college and then never got an English degree to good use. Uh, you ne- you never would have guessed that this dude did poetry. I would have guessed that in half a second. <laughs> uh, look, I'll get to my the songs I've written in middle and high school later on. Anyway, oh, uh, you uh, did, didn't you? Beyond poetry and bad song lyrics and song parodies. <laughs> but that's for another day entirely. I'm joined this week by Brian Altano. Welcome back. Hi. Brian. <laughs> uh, also joined this week by Lucy O'Brien. Hello. And Max Scoville. We get to talk about video games. We do. They, they uh, came out. Yeah, it is. Um, it is a very, very busy, but a very, very fun time because uh, as I had mentioned before the poem, uh, the PS5 is out and it will be out for the rest of the world very shortly. Um, it is amazing that after all these months and months of buildup uh we're able to talk about these things in depth a lot of the game library and uh, i know we spent the last couple weeks only being able to talk about a small portion of the library because of the limited time and availability we had of some of these games so i thought the best way we could probably spend today is that now that we've all had some time with our consoles uh we've gotten a chance to look at more of the wider launch lineup i kind of wanted to just jump into um the general lineup as it is uh and in particular i did want to start off with um and brian i do want to get i know this is the first time you'll be able to talk about your hands on with ps5 so when we get to the games in specific i want to start with you but i did want to just sort of start with a general question because i've been thinking this for the last few days is this the best playstation launch lineup um i think it's certainly better than ps4s i didn't get a ps1 or ps2 at launch um or a ps3 but looking back at them i think there are like really great third party games there but this just feels like such a stacked lineup on both the first and third party side i was curious how you all are feeling about it both what you've played and both what you know is just out there um i think i think it's my favorite playstation launch lineup ever i think it's also uh the one that sort of collapses the quickest under um scrutiny like i think if some people can go well you know this is a port and this is a remake then people tend to do those things i personally don't care uh if if a game's a remake or if a game is available on you know a weaker console that or a third party means nothing to me um i I think that like the the one-two punch of spider-man and demon souls are they're they're i love them i'm completely addicted to both of them for completely different reasons one of them is this like thrilling open world super gamey game it's like it it feels fun and liberating and arcadey and it doesn't push back a lot and the other one is this like slow plotting terrifying methodical hellscape that does not really reward you in the traditional sense it just punishes you constantly and i'm a glutton for both of those things um and to have them both at launch is really interesting because you usually get um you know, you 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 mostly get a, a a bunch of kind of like smaller experiences at launch, and there certainly is some of those too. But I think those two, right, like Spider Man and Demon Souls, is the one two punch. Um, one being for like kind of hardcore gamers who want something really difficult, and the other one being Spider Man, which is a character everybody loves. Um, I think that that's that that covers so many bases right there that traditionally you don't really get the single player games like that at launch. Um, 
to to basically cover all that. It's sort of like a yin yang situation. Like I'm I'm really really happy that those are the two that they went with. I feel like Miles Morales. Uh, I haven't actually touched Demon Souls yet. Full disclosure, but I feel like Miles Morales is one of the best games of the year. Period. I absolutely love it. It's uh, it's a fantastic launch game. It is a killer launch title. You know, seeing some chatter online about you know folks saying there is no kind of like killer launch title across the two consoles, but Miles Morales may be a shorter game than the the the, the Spider Man that came before it, but it's a full game and it's a just an incredible one. I, I think it's, it's fantastic. Uh, and you know, if, if we sort of lay the two consoles side by side, uh, that the PlayStation five has, it has a huge edge on, on launch games and miles Morales being just the tip of that. Yeah. I mean, echoing both these things, I think it's, it's usually with launch titles. I, I, I feel like you get a lot of sort of, you know, stuff that's for everybody and nobody, you know, you get a lot of sort of just kind of just crowd pleasers, but that aren't necessarily like that, you know, kind of passing fancy type things. And in this case, you've got, you know, a sequel to a game from last gen. So if somebody's jumping on, like that's kind of a gamble to be like, Hey, here's sort of Spider-Man one and a half. Like maybe you didn't play the first one. Maybe you don't want to pay 70 bucks for the whole experience. It's sort of like, it's a weird half measure and it's kind of an odd. And again, it's, it's cross platforms. So that's a whole non-issue entirely, but then, Demon Souls again is like if you went into a, a you know a GameStop and you were like, oh, what should I play with my my new PS5 and just pick this up? Like, you might be in for like a very bad time if you don't know what you're in for. Like, that's definitely like not really what I would call a crowd pleaser or a right you know a broad audience kind of kind of game. But um, yeah, I mean as far as the launch lineup, I think it's phenomenal. I think as far as the launch goes, this is definitely one of the rockier ones and also yeah. one of the ones that's harder to like sort of get excited about because it's so it's so incremental i mean we're seeing this on both the sony and microsoft side and obviously the ps5 is a big huge literally strange (laughs) new beast like it's just it's it's totally like it's i'm not saying it's not a new console by any means but the fact that a good chunk of the launch games are also cross-platform and that you know there's scarcity of the new console it's just it's kind of like a weird like yeah it's good that there are games there a good chunk of them are also on ps4 and there's I don't know. It's sort of, yeah, it's, it's, I know. A, weird, it's I, a weird time. I totally agree. And I think on paper, like very much as, as Altano said, like the launch games, you know, kind of crumble upon scrutiny if we, if we're being really purist about it. But then when I put Miles Morales on and play it on my PS5, it feels like I'm playing a brand new Spider-Man game on my PS5. And it, it, it is that experience. Like I could go back and say, well, this is also on the PS4 and you know, this is a sequel and this is a 0.5. It's not as long, you know, you can do all that, bull- but like ultimately right. it is an incredible spider, brand new Spider-Man adventure with a great story, great gameplay, beautifully, like beautiful to look at, uh, playing on a brand new console and it feels like a next gen game. So, you know, mm-hmm. we can scrutinize right. and, and do all that stuff, but that's what I, we do I, I'm freaking in love. You know? <laughs> no, it's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. This is great. I think also um, Astro's playroom. Uh, I beat that this, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get everything, but I, you know, fin- I guess I finished the campaign. I don't even know how to describe <laughs> that, but the fact that that came free with it, like that feels like such a thing we don't see anymore for there yeah. to be just a free game yeah. that comes with your new toy and it, for it to be like, Oh, you know, that, I think at a glance, it's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, that's just like a, you know, packed in baby garbage. But there's so much <laughs> there's so much just like love and and just sort of PlayStation passion in there. That's <laughs> like I mean, I was like running around and there's like there's there's references to God of War and Bloodborne and and Infamous and Resistance. And it's just like, oh, I did not expect these things to be in here at all. And it just made me excited about having a new PlayStation, which is to I, me, I feel like um, that's a pretty good thing for a launch title to do. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's awesome. Uh, Astro's Playroom to me is as much for um, fans as it is for developers. I feel like that is a like a crash course in what any budding or established developer interested in working on the PlayStation Five console uh, will immediately learn five hundred great ideas. In the same way, like when you spent five seconds with Tearaway on Vita, you could go, "Oh man, like yeah, I'd love to do something like that." Um, whether or not they do that, obviously, what we've been saying for a long time remains to be seen. But I think if you're a developer or you're a fan, immediately when you read about this controller and you heard 3D audio haptic feedback, dual, you know, like you're like, "Okay, those are buzzwords." But then you start walking over glass in the game, and it goes tink 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 tink, and there's little rumbles. You start running through grass and stuff like that, and 
it, it, it all just clicks in for you. I think that like the one thing that um, is really difficult about, about the PS5 launch is that we we knew we knew at the start of the year this was going to be an expensive console launching in a recession, basically uh, during a, 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 a giant time of economic strife and 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 panic and chaos. We knew that it was going to be really hard to get. But I think that like we didn't really un- I, I don't I don't I think I underestimated just really how hard it was going to be to get even for the people that could afford it. Like I I feel guilty tweeting about this console, which I you know I pre-ordered through in, in the same way everybody else pre-ordered, right? I wasn't I didn't I didn't I didn't have access to like one of the IGN ones early, and so I I know what that process was like for pre-ordering. It's a pain in the ass. Many of you also pre-ordered too. Um, Anecdotally, it just seems like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people cannot get their hands on the system. And so that's there's this greedy selfishness to even talking about uh, how much I love this console and how much I love these games, because there are people who have five hundred dollars or four hundred dollars in their hands right now and literally cannot buy a console. And like that's that's such a bummer. And I really hope that that's something that gets rectified quickly. Microsoft said that they were having supply issues on the Xbox side. This is their you know biggest Xbox launch ever. They said that they won't really have like a sort of like a, a pipeline until spring. I really hope Sony has, has it together a little better than that. Cause I like not being able to walk into a store and buy this thing is one thing, but like having them sort of flicker on online retailers and disappear, it's like it, it, it it puts the consumer in a very difficult situation of having to like want this escapism, this gorgeous, awesome, fun, new thing. And, and like actually physically not be able to get it unless they camp on websites all day long. And I, I do hope that that gets rectified soon. Yeah. It, it's an interesting time for that, especially because as you mentioned, like we saw the, the Microsoft comment about them probably being months before they can have a bit more of a steady stream. Whereas Sony has been very bullish about like, yeah, our supply, uh, like before launch, they were like, our supply chain hasn't really been affected. We're planning to sell more PS5s than we did PS4s in the, uh, through the first quarter of next year compared to the PS4's first uh, New Year quarter. I guess that was 2014. So they they are obviously bullish about it. But I, I agree with you in the sense of it is frustrating that their messaging about it is so inter, not even intermittent, is just so absent in all of this mm. um like even something compared to and I, I do want to get to obviously i'm i'm really excited to talk about the launch lineup and everything but i do think it, it is worth for those at home who haven't been able to get a ps5 who do have a ps4 uh, on the launch lineup side of it i do think that is one of the benefits that so many of the really great launch games are available on both systems if you're interested in spider-man or Sackboy or the pathless or bug snacks and you have a ps4 you can still play all of those games yes they won't be in 4k and they won't have the dual sense but you can still play all of those games this year um and there is a benefit to that but yeah as as of right now with sony you know on the launch of the ps5 we saw a quick letter from jim ryan go up on the playstation blog posts whereas with the launch of the xbox a couple days earlier phil spencer sat down for like a three minute video talking about how proud he was of the system and there was just like the the difference in there to me and like the tone of the messaging felt off (laughs) it was one of those things where it's like playstation does have names people know they have whether it's people from the playstation blog or whether it's people people now know jim ryan a lot more than they may have used to they know shuhei they know people um, added an executive level and it, it wouldn't have hurt to put a camera in front of their faces for two minutes to say welcome to the ps5 we're so excited for those who couldn't get one we want you to be part of this as we go on look forward to more info that just yeah wasn't but i mean there. you know but, cl- crystal clear messaging would really it wouldn't it, if they started doing that now it would completely fly in the face of how they promoted <laughs> the ps5 up until now true so i was true. thinking exactly yeah. the same thing like this this very much tracks unfortunately oh yeah no i i definitely don't think it feels out of the norm unfortunately but just to brian's mm-hmm. point of like how how frustrating it might be for those listening who can't get a ps5 and you know we're going to spend the next 35 40 minutes talking about all the fun we've been having with our ps5 um i think one it is important to know that we we are keeping an eye on all those things and trying to make sure um ign like i want to definitely give a shout out to the commerce team at ign um uh seth macy and the team there like they do such a great job of keeping an eye on when those retailers are getting stock back in but because of the weird ways the the world works right now things like that are your best option to find a ps5 as we go forward it's it's a strange time for that i wonder if that um, lack of communication just in general it has something to do with them being or having a Japanese parent company which just adds an extra layer of sort of clearance on everything if you look at Nintendo they're historically not very transparent with that either I think that Whereas, has a lot to like, do with it 
the series what was it the series s like leaked and um microsoft had a tweet out like in the middle of the night like yeah. basically yeah i mean I, I think that like that's a level of flexibility that i think you can have when you're basically all entirely in in house in one place yeah and especially with sony right now it's the parent company in japan and it's arguably most prominent arm in north america when it comes to promotions and also the head now of worldwide studios being in europe uh, so things are more dispersed than ever with the company. And I, I do think it will be an interesting reckoning as we go forward into the PS5. I mean, we got I, I know we talk about it a lot and like what they're doing with it on uh, the show. But we got a state of play. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we got a state of play the weekend before the PS5 came out with a look at Demon Souls just dropped on a Saturday morning. It was just mm -hmm. it was labeled as a state of play. It might as well have just been a Demon's Souls preview video, but they called it a state of play. It was like Saturday at 10 a.m. out of the blue. Mm -hmm. It's it is very clear that there is a, a lot of different arms that have to be talking to each other and all of this to make it happen. It's also something that I'm noticing more and more on uh, social media platforms like Twitter when we're seeing Xbox brand that the, the, the handle becoming more and more playful becoming more and more sort of like engaging with the audience and the consumers of the, of the xbox and and you know back and forthing with people and being again very very transparent whereas playstation still feels very uh sort of i don't know shirt tucked in and hands on hips yeah. and you know yeah. like very corporate yeah. um and I, I i unfortunately think that extends across to you know all messaging across both brands i feel like playstation is more restricted and xbox is like really spreading its wings at the moment in terms yeah. of i think, being I think some of that some of that could be the fact that like and you gotta look like we talk we talk playstation and, and xbox but it's again it's microsoft and sony and those are right. both like massive companies that these exist within and you know microsoft's been around since what like the 80s whereas sony's been around for like better part of the 20th century and then some like yeah. they've mm -hmm. they've you know so i think there's a lot more you know the, the older a company is the more sort of like weird old you know baked in stuff there is to deal with and yeah you know, I've, microsoft like it's hard to think of them now because they made like you know microsoft word and like clippy but like they were <laughs> sort of like they're definitely like an early you know early sort of tech disruptor in that sense and i think there's that like you know understanding that like oh yeah that's how you uh you know that's how you you get get in part of the conversation like you got to kind of like get people's attention and like xbox sort of marketing has always been kind of like brash and loud in that sense and I don't know. I, I appreciate how sort of personable they've been. Like, it's really, it's been kind of lovely to see that. And, you know, that they had that tweet that was like, because people were like vaping into their Xbox and being like, I can't believe I have to say this, but please don't blow vape smoke into your Xbox. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's nice to see. I wish we got more of that from Sony, you know, but it's, again, yeah. I don't really see that happening. I mean, I think like what we're kind of ramping up to here is that this this is this would be a really good time for them to be open and transparent with people about the supply chain and about when people can get their consoles and stuff like that. Um, this is not the traditional era where you can call GameStop or Walmart and and or walk in and find one or buy one. Um, I, I was in a Best Buy the other day and it was surreal because like you wouldn't really know that new consoles just launched. Um, mm. Only only select stores got those kiosks. There were a handful of PS5 accessories. Uh, but other than that, you really would have no idea. I mean, they're just, there was like a controller and uh, the camera kind of like sprinkled between all the PS4 stuff. And otherwise you'd be like, are, did did the new generation start? Like, there's no real way of knowing. Well, but, also, you know, they said that this, the PS4 is going to be supported for like another three years. And mm -hmm. I, I wonder if there's just this, I wonder if it's a conscious effort on both companies' parts to not, like to not really scare the hell out of their existing user base because if you've got so many million people on ps4s and xbox ones like and then to come out with like a new thing and make them feel like oh like i need the new thing and you want to you want to kind of like you know foster that delicate ecosystem and you know maybe you know transition people to upgrade but like it's also i don't know when when new consoles come out there's this kind of baked in like buyer's remorse that comes with that where you're like oh no like i have the like i like i still have the old one like i want the new one and i don't know this time around like you know, I had friends being like, do I need a PS5? And I'm like, not really, you know, like not yet. Like it's eventually it's going to be a cool thing, but it's aside from all of its like weird fins and like, you know, alien sex appeal. It's, it's kind of just a new PS5 or a new PS4, you know, I will yeah, say, I mean, I, no, go for it. I, I mean, I, like, I, I, 
I will say that that is, I will say, this is, I'm just going to steal Brian's launching. <laughs> um, the, the, I feel like that's very much Xbox's strategy, the ecosystem thing. I think, you know, we've seen typically PlayStation really lean into like, this is the next generation you need to kind of, make the leap this is an exciting new thing we're less about the ecosystem and more more about generations and then there's kind of been a little bit of back and forth on that because of course so many games have been cross-platform uh and that's been a whole kind of thing that we can talk about um i think that ultimately this is like just a product of bad timing like just a terrible year an unfortunate like pandemic (laughs) You know, there are lots of reasons why I think that it doesn't feel so much like next-gen consoles have launched. Um, but I think in, in Sony's case, that that is not the ideal scenario. I think they definitely wanted to be more like, make more of a splash. Hey, mm-hmm. hey I don't want to, I, I yeah. love that we're having like a seasoned discussion about like, you know, the hypothetical <laughs> business stuff. The games came out. Can we talk about some games? I'm sorry. I just, I feel like we've been, you know talking about like these what these corporations are planning for like the last seven months and i'm, I'm i don't how how I, dare you i did want to say very quickly yes. i feel like I i'm one know. of 10 people in the world that bought the uh digital edition yeah you oh, are yeah that thing's beautiful i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. no i'm sorry like it's it really sucks that they made the the best-selling most popular ps5 model is the one with the beer gut and the like the pregnant belly or whatever i don't know why they didn't put the disc on the disc drive on the front of that thing i know nothing about r&d the the digital version that is that is a gorgeous system the other one that's the way it's meant to launch i mean yeah, it does like not- in it, it, when it's in front of you it really does you know i've i've typically called it a hernia and like <laughs> more and more now that now that it's i've got it sitting on my like console shelf it looks like it's got a hernia it looks like it's sort of like uh, i don't, I don't love that I, don't love I got my ass kicked so bad in demon souls that i like angrily quit and then i was like i'm gonna play dark souls 3 instead and then i was like where's my disc for dark souls and then i put it in upside down and it tried to load it and it was like uh is the disc in upside down and i was like i'm not bad at games <laughs> You know what I've never done? I've never loaded a digital game upside down. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, look, I, I completely but you never also traded a digital game in for two dollars. That's true. That, so, that is know. true. Um no, I, I completely understand why people would not go all digital. I it's I there's a billion pro-consumer benefits to that. I completely get it. That said, the digital version is the better looking console. I saw some people oh, are without asking, a doubt. Without yeah, a doubt. They're like, how come I haven't seen any pictures of the of the digital version sideways? I'm like, well, because you wouldn't do that. It's like, why? It's like making a car stand up. Like it's like putting a building sideways. <laughs> it's like my my standing vertical because it looks beautiful doing that. The, the the other one, you have to turn that thing sideways because then you don't want to. Then you can hide it and you put it away. You don't look at it. You know, you don't want to look at that thing. I'm sorry. You're, you're <laughs> How easy it is to hide that gigantic system. Seriously, um, if, if, but, if any video game console looks like it was flipping the bird, like metaphorically, it's the PS5. It just sits there and it's just like, it's but, me. You know, I, was, I was thinking about this. If they wanted to like convey that this is a cool device that will never overheat, I don't know why it looks like it's melted to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> like looking, it looks like a VHS tape I left on my mom's dashboard, and we got in trouble at Blockbuster. Like it's just, it, it look, yeah. I mean, it, I, it again, it's a cool, it's a cool machine. I'm not looking to gift horse in the mouth. It's, but also, it does look it is a huge melty looking thing. But also, I can't wait for whatever the PS5 Slim looks like. I'm so um, excited. Yeah. I'm already like I, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with right there with you. But I do to your earlier point. I do want to get to the games because we do have a lot to talk about there. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I was, we, I was going to say that the PS5 disc version looks like a PS5 digital, like when it's getting out of an Uber. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's got that. You know, <laughs> that awkward step. No one ever looks good getting out of an no. Uber. Let's um, talk about the games. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the games. There's no Uber uh, simulator on PS5 just yet, but there are. A lot of awesome games and i think uh brian as i had mentioned i do want to hear from you uh quickly about the games that we've talked about just because you haven't had a chance to talk about them but then we'll, we'll get to the full library as well um what have your uh, initial thoughts been on spider-man and astro's playroom so the moment um the uh sort of cut scene you know i've handed over the reins to gameplay in miles morales that first moment when we were swimming through the city just straight up chills like straight up goosebumps chills just 
like that next gen, you know, Christmas morning feeling that that like, okay, we're here. First of all, like to immediately remember like, oh yeah, this is, they made a sequel to one of my favorite games of this generation. I'm already playing it. It's here. It's out. And two, to be like, I'm in New York city in the winter. This is great. And three to be like, it's miles. He's awesome. This is so cool. And four that I'm just like, oh, this is a, this is a PS five game. Like this looks better. This, this feels better. You know, the controller feels cooler. Like there was this very, like I got a series X on day one. Um, and it's, it's, I, I really love it. It's been a really like awesome experience, but this was, this was one of those things where I was like, okay, I, this feels like a brand new generation right now. And I know it's a cross-platform game, but like, I, I just picked up a new TV and I just swung in and was so in the, in the game, not in my TV. And I was just like, this, this is like, this is what I, this is why I do this. Like, this is why I play video games. You know, it's moments like this. Um, and I'm totally taking my time with the game. I'm, I'm just kind of like picking around, doing some side missions and stuff like that. I think maybe if you rush through the campaign, it would probably feel short, but, um, I, like, I can't stop thinking about this game. It's one of those things where I, I will go in and just collect some stuff or do some side missions, do some challenges and try to get, you know, like gold stars on them or whatever. How how far into it are you? I'm probably about 50% through with the campaign and about 50% done with the side missions. Okay. There's like, there's some stuff in there that is just like extremely, like extremely your jam. Like I'm really, I'm excited to hear what you think about it, but it's just, I don't know. It's yeah. So good. There was, um, there was a a mission I did yesterday without spoiling anything where it was like legit. Some of the most incredible lighting effects I've ever seen in a video game. Just like, I mean, I, I don't think enough people are talking about how just dope, as as it looks when miles jumps in the air and punch and punch does that venom punch and there's just like sparks fly everywhere like that is a stunning ass video game it's been it's been a a minute since i've played a game where i've wanted to grab someone who doesn't give a about video games and go look at this and like Mm -hmm. miles morales is that game for me you know and people I mean, not that, you know, I have many people around me because of the lockdown and everything, but, you know, people are genuinely, it's its so impressive. It's so immediately impressive, especially on the, the LG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, have any, any of you gotten cross with your significant others for not being properly excited about these yes. crazy new graphics? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Not just the, the, no, the, not to get into couples therapy. The, that was the entire process for me. Like when my series X showed up, when my PS5 showed up, I was like, look. And my wife was like, I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning the kitchen. I was like, put it down. Come upstairs and look at my new toy. And uh, she was like, all right, in a minute. And I was like, I've waited my whole life for this. And she's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Corinne is just making my girlfriend is just making like the right noises, but I can tell that she, you know, it's all lip service. It's very mm-hmm. much like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I'm it's like, fine. we'll always. Have I'm like, show. I don't know, like, like twelve or fourteen hours or something in a Demon Souls. So I've been, I've been chipping away at it pretty hard. And just like last night, my wife was like, "Wow, that looks really good." And I was like, "Thank you." Obviously, it's the best looking <laughs> game I've ever played. You idiot! Look at the dragon. <laughs> stupid like (laughs) the dragons are so good in that game oh my god i love the dragons um but yeah just quickly before we get off spider-man i do want to i know i've mentioned on the show before but if you haven't go check out uh destin legary's performance analysis piece uh even if you're not super into that tech stuff because it's really well put together it's really easy to understand and he spoke to some insomniac devs and during that interview they were like yeah we're like not even we've barely scratched the surface when it comes to the PS five. And like to Brian's point, it looks so beautiful. And when they're saying that, like this is day one, it looks amazing. I cannot wait to see what the next Spider-Man looks like what the next like two or three years alone. Um, let alone once we get into like last of us part two and ghost to Tsushima territory of this console. Like it's well, suffice to say our significant others will still be like, yeah, uh, Ooh, yeah, oh, that's all right. Pretty nice. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I do want to jump to Demon Souls, though. Um, uh, Lucy, I know you said you hadn't gotten to play it yet. Not yet. Um, but uh, Max and Brian, uh, you both have had time with it. Oh yeah, that is a that is a brutal ass game. That's good lord. Yeah. <laughs> my God. Um, not only this, this this game is like by even by I was texting Max this earlier, but like even by FromSoft standards, that is some obtuse nonsense. Like in the best way possible, it's fun, but. My God, like, so in Bloodborne, like to start leveling up, like it's, you know, you either have to find like this thing and eat it in front of a man or whatever, or you have to go die on this bridge by like a wolf dude. Um, Or uh, 
you can play Demon Souls, where like to 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 basically it, it's like two hours. If you don't know what you're doing, you could probably spend four or five hours without looking up a guide before getting to a point where a woman gestures upwards towards the ceiling. And then that begins the conversation to begin the next conversation to potentially level up for the first time. I, think, then, I, I think I spent yeah. like maybe 40 minutes trying to find the, the the person you talk to to go get permission to level up. The <laughs> monumental, like you, yeah, I spent you so have, much time. You have to go up these stupid ass stairs and there's like a small passageway. And then I missed it like eight times and I kept yep. falling down. I died like three times trying to find the person who lets you level up, which is like, again, by FromSoft standards, that's even even... By them, that's ah. Are you guys playing with any kind of guides, or are you just like feeling your way through? Feeling my way through. I I wanted to basically experience this like, and kind of the same way I experienced Bloodborne, which is like play it early on, and you know, like I know that the resources are there, um, and you know, talk to people as they're going through an early experience with the game too. But I wanted to stay away from like walkthroughs or summons or anything like that. I I you know I I might dip into those things eventually. I mean, there is a there's a codified language to these games that that sort of unlocks when you communicate with others. Like it's, you know, you feel it feels like being like talking about video games in the 90s or getting, you know, Counselor's Corner and Nintendo Power or something. And there's like, a, oh, if you, you know, eat the root in front of the mummy's bridge, it's like you get a new hat like, I, like that. But yeah, I had to do the VO for like our nine things to know about Demon Souls before you start Demon Souls. So I kind of like absorbs some of it doing that and. Yeah, yeah I was glad you were doing that video. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, Max will appreciate this. I hit a few, like, definitely, like, sort of sticking points where I was just like, I I need to know what to do next. Like, I need a guide. Like, I need to uh, work right. Here's the thing: is like, I'm I'm I'll keep chipping away at it because you know I want to see what happens. But at the same time, it's really pissing me off, and it's not in the way that it's just hard. It's in the way that it's sort of inconveniently hard. Um, one of my favorite things is and this was like especially true in, in dark souls three was just unlocking new um, like new waypoints or new shortcuts. Uh, and I feel like despite everything that's gorgeous and brand new about demon souls, it still has this kind of like definitely an older sort of architecture in terms of how it's all laid out. And it's um, yeah, it's more, it's more punishing and like, it's definitely like, Oh, you, you, you want to fight the boss again. Okay. Well, you got to fight like the 18 dudes leading up to the boss too, or you got to yeah. just scamper around them without taking 15 hits. And it's like, that's that's really frustrating to me because like I will, you know, I'll get stuck on a boss and I'll be pissed off about it. And maybe I'll summon and two strangers will come in and beat the big animal's ass while I'm hiding in the corner and throwing spells at it. And, <laughs> you know, I'll feel bad about myself, but I'll get to see the rest of the game after that. And in this case, it's like you don't even have like a checkpoint before the boss. You have to beat the boss to get to that. And it's just I don't know. That's. I feel like that's just sort of that's uh, it's I mean, I don't want to say waste of time, but it's definitely like it it's pretty much it's it's a lot more forcibly being like okay we'll get good i mean mm-hmm. i i i typically like in the last like in dark souls 3 i, I you know i was very adamant that i wasn't going to summon i was i was very like i'm not going to use a guide i'm just going to you know feel my way through uh by all accounts and from my memory of, of the original game demon souls is is much more obtuse um than you know the ones that came after it and it's it's, it's really difficult um so I'm going to just have my hand held by the internet and uh, summons, and that's how I'm going to play my way through. I just like, I, you know, I, it's, I can shame myself if I want, but ultimately I want to see the game through. I love Souls games, and I just want to, like, yeah, I want to be carried yeah, on I the mean, shoulders I, of giants. I'm sure, like, people will clip this segment out and be like, game journalists are bad at games. Like, I, there's multiple people on the show that, like, adore from soft games. This one is just, like, it's it's definitely old in its architecture. The paint is new and shiny, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, the you know, when there are times where you die and you come back with half health. Like, that's just, like, you know, that's an extra little middle finger than what you usually get in these kinds of Well, that's the half-extended middle finger, my friend. There's the whole Mm -hmm. thing of world tendency, where if you die too many times on one world, it turns to pure black, and then extra strong villains show up to wail on you with your half-health because you've been dying too many times in their their level, which is just like, that's just such a, that's such a, that's such a fuck you. Like, it's just such a... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's, um, 
I, I've started playing. I beat the Tower Knight last night, um, so I'm not that far in. But I, I've actually been playing it while I live stream. So if anyone in the chat has had help, I'm like, yes, please give it to me because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Like, it's one of those where um, I started with a royalty class that Max, you had been playing on stream. And that soul arrow uh, spell that you get at the beginning, it just turns it into a third person shooter. Right. But like I, I needed that at the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. But it, it does make you feel like you're being a little too cheap at first. I mean, I, I, I'm like torn about it because it's like I think I'm like level 30. So I'm like I'm doing pretty decent damage. And I'm I've I think I've done like three bosses and it's I'm basically just grinding the whole time. And that soul arrow is still cheap as hell. Like, and I'm I'm using it all the time, like a big old crutch. And then I'll be like, oh, and then I'll run out of, of mana and be like, oh, and then like mole men will come up and beat my ass with hammers. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm dead in the tunnel and I lose all my blood bucks or whatever. The, um, the dual sense of this game is awesome. It's really, really awesome. There's like this really nice, subtle rumble to every sword hit that is accompanied also by the sort of like the clang and the the, the sounds coming through the speaker. It's a subtle thing. And it's honestly, it's like something that, you know, Nintendo kind of kicked off with the Wii, like having this like remote control that had like a, a speaker in it. But that always sounded kind of tinny. And there's this weird thing that happens where that's like that's backed up by the 3D rumble and then your television audio and uh, or, you know, your headphones. And it all just kind of comes together. And it makes me want to play every Souls game like this. Like, I think that this is going to be. I didn't know it would be like this, but because I, I just assumed I would play third party games on um, Series X because, you know, there's it's slightly more powerful. This controller is going to be one of those things that is going to put me on the fence in a lot of scenarios in the future, I think. Where I'm going to be like, well, you know, like this controller is that good, but maybe I want to play with this over uh, the Series X controller. Have you played um, with good headphones on? Yeah. Oh, it's that's, so good with the. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. <laughs> that changes it to me. Like I, I was playing a little bit on my TV through the soundbar, and then mostly on my my headset, and just the way it enhances the environment and where how you directionally hear enemies so sharply, or even just like. I ran through a couple chains that were hanging from the ceiling and the way that it like Doppler effect slowly goes behind you. Like it does, it does magnify the experience in a way that I haven't had before. And and I can't imagine now trying to play most of that game without that. Cause it, it does help you. It does feel like it aids in the combat, like knowing mm-hmm. where enemies are around me just by hearing them is a really nice added benefit. Yeah. Have you done the uh-huh. thing where you just like you step on a crate or a barrel and it makes like a loud ass noise and you just jump out of your seat? Yeah, that's happened to me a few times where I'm like, who's shooting at me? And it's just a box that I knocked over. Like, I'm stupid, I, stupid I've man. been spooked so many times by the and I don't know if this is common in all from soft games or if they moved away from it. But the like turn a corner in a hallway and the very small alcove behind you in that hallway is where the enemy is going to be and jump out at you. So it, it's from behind you. I don't know if that like they stopped doing that, but that jump scare feels so prevalent in this game. I hate mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah, I just hate it. Like I'm I, I'm generally having a good time with it, despite how like difficult it's definitely been. But yeah, there there are a couple little things that like to Brian's point, it definitely for better and worse. It is a new coat of paint, but it is the same game foundationally that was there mm-hmm. um, that I it makes me always go. I really think blue point is just a hell of an impressive studio i wonder if they have interest in making their own games or if they do really like playing in the established sandboxes of other people because they're obviously great at it but what else can are they capable of well i mean you got to think that they've also got like a really solid niche going on you know yeah this is the the best studio to go to for for classic game remakes right that's a that's an incredible thing to be able to tout and it's kind of rare while we're all you know, sitting around crying about how hard this game is. Our reviewer, Mitchell Saltzman, beat this game in a day. A day? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think he started he and beat it twice. in a day. I tweeted at him and he said I, he said he didn't do that. But he. I mean, he, the point is he beat it in a day. And then. Yeah. So it can be done. <laughs> our other dude, uh, Brendan Graber, who's on our guides team, um, he beat the tutorial boss that you're supposed to die on in his second try. So basically you just show up and I don't think you even have a weapon. Like you just punch it in the ass a bunch. And like, <laughs> it's so funny. Cause like, if you, I don't think this is a spoiler because you're not going to freaking do it. But like you, if you beat that thing that's supposed to kill you, it kicks you to like a much harder thing that doesn't even like, 
it basically just auto kills you and then it shows like a cutscene that's like you're too good at the game knock it off go go <laughs> play the beginning just stop stop it <laughs> yeah it's there are people out there who are who are better at it than us and we have them on staff making the content for it so for those of us as brian was saying hearing us complain about uh how tough it is fear not the the good gamers have been making a lot of really great demon souls content yeah. the thing um, that's really weird about it i wanted to say is, is playing it after dark souls 3 there's so much that's like tonally really familiar and obviously like they're structurally the same because it's the same same people same team working on it but um i get the sense that certain chunks of of dark souls were kind of like a greatest hits of like previous FromSoft games and that they mm-hmm. were you know there's like there's bits that feel like a little bit of bloodborne and then there's like oh here's like a scary dungeon that's basically a whole part of demon souls and like oh you've got to like deal with this dragon harassing you on a castle and it's like it's obviously they're like you know they're they're very you know tropey archetypal video game things of like dungeon dragon what like those are all those have been done to death but it it feels kind of like they were you know doing a little bit of like here's a modernized take on this in dark souls 3 so going back and playing the sort of original approach that fromsoft took feels like i don't like i don't know it feels like a lot simpler or a lot like more straightforward like i'm currently messing around in this like this dungeon area where there are these like um you know cthulhu beholders walking around with like lanterns and they'll just like suck your brains out if you get caught which is just straight up a thing in in dark souls 3 and i'm like i've sort of done this and it was more interesting in the other way i did it because that was a game that came out like you know nine years later so it's like Mm -hmm. when you know that's and that's on me for doing that but yeah they clearly learned a lot of lessons as their formula went on yeah i think Um, this is this the is this the hardest is this the hardest launch game ever? Like, I'm trying to think. I I know Super Ghouls and Ghosts was a launch game for the Super Nintendo, so it's up there. Lucy, yeah. we, should, we should talk. I'll pitch. I'll here's a. I'll formally pitch you. We should make a list of my, the, my little, the, the cogs in my little brain were already wearing. Yeah, <laughs> you've yeah, got a feature pitch right there. This is how IGN content gets made. It's beautiful. Um, to make it shift up on the fly. Yeah. Uh, to shift a little bit from the hardest launch game to one of probably the biggest launch games. Lucy, I know you've been playing a bit. How have you been finding uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla? I've been loving it. I mean, to be honest, you know, since Black Flag, Assassin's Creed has kind of felt like the series that I begin my next gen journey on. Um, and it kind of has, because of that, it's kind of got like a real sort of like warm holiday vibe for me. So I'm, I'm coming at this with a little bit of like bias, I guess. Um, I'm really, really, really enjoying it. It's combat is absolute trash, uh, but it looks beautiful. And it's kind of that, that sort of game that I want to be playing right now. It's like, I just want to go off and do a bunch of little side quests and, you know, encourage these children to ransack a house and you know like (laughs) join in a weird sex capade with this couple who can only get off if they're raiding i saw you did you make a note there don't know oh no i was just checking the uh i was looking at the (laughs) runner show to make sure but Um, yeah it's it's just you know it's a it's got a lot it's it's demanding a lot of attention from me in, in really good ways. Um, I, I don't usually sort of have the time for Assassin's Creed. I haven't, I haven't really played one. I, I played Odyssey. I never finished it. Uh, I think right now this is the time for me to be playing Valhalla. Like I'm just really, really enjoying it. And I, and I also just can't stress how gorgeous it is. It is just such a beautiful looking game. And, you know, it's, it's, it does it does very much feel like it's got that new graphical gloss that you want from from the next gen console but again you know it still kind of feels janky in in, in other ways mm-hmm. um suffice to say i'm really enjoying myself and i'll be chipping away at this one for the next couple of months i'd imagine because it's also freaking huge that's kind of yeah. where i'm at too i'm having a really good time with it and it is totally it is totally just like pretty comfort food i think mm-hmm. um like I didn't I think the last the Assassin's best way to Creed, describe it. Yeah. Like I played last one I played was Origins, which like I completely skipped Odyssey. I think I was just kind of burnt out on like 300 Spartan stuff. Um and I just I don't know, I'm not wild about Greek mythology or whatever. So I was I was like, eh, Vikings, I don't know about this. And they were like, it's medieval Vikings. I'm like, oh, I like medieval, I like knights and castles and stuff. So if it was like straight, like, you know, just I guess like your your clip art Viking stuff, I'd be like, I don't know about this, but this is I I'm really into the setting and I mean, 
I also got like a, you could ride around on a big wolf, which is cool. I don't know why. I just was like going, I went to a stable and it was like, you could also ride a, a, a dog. And I was like, this is my dream. I always dream of what if I was 11 inches tall and I could ride my dog around the living room. That would be so cool. So I'm doing that. And yeah, like I have, I'm, I'm very curious to see how far I get in it. Yeah. Cause it, it is like such a huge game that I'm, I, I think I, I don't, I don't it, like bored. Isn't the right word. It's like getting full. You know, like I just I I will want to go and do something else and, you know, move on. And it's I think that's yeah, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. I for me, I've, I think everything you guys said is true, but also none of it is like totally, truly captivating me, which I'm mm-hmm. kind of bummed about because I like I like every part of it, but I don't love all of it together enough to have it like to be totally hooked by it. Like it doesn't. Like when I sit down and play a video game now, I'm thinking about Miles Morales. I'm thinking about Demon Souls. When I got my Switch, I was thinking about Breath of the Wild. I don't think that this game is like, is like kind of like hitting my brain nodes in the same way. Um, but I know yeah. that what's there is 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 great. And so maybe it's just there's too many there's too much to play right now. If it was my I only think, game, I'd probably be all in. You know. I think what Max said. And that it's comfort food really resonates with me. Like it's, you know, when you eat McDonald's and it's like, it hits all the right notes in your brain, but you sort of don't really remember eating it. You just re- sort of have the sensation of having eaten it. Cause and it's just like, and it's cause you really wasted um, <laughs> because it's, because it's warm and comforting. Um, and that's, that's what Valhalla is for me. You know, if I had to sort of look at it from a more critical lens, I'm sure I could pull it apart, but um, right now it's just what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm 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 extremely drunk as we as we. Okay. <laughs> um, no, like I, I mean, it's there's that part of my brain where I'm like, yes, this is a focus group tested situation where you're right. going to find the outpost, you're going to clear the the mission, you're going to do the thing, you're going to get the points, you're going to get the skill point, you go to the tree and put the thing in, and it's all these like different, like you know, I've played enough, you know, not even just Ubisoft games, but just modern games where there is effectively. Um, you know, kind of a proven formula to how to make something that is like engaging and it does hook you. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I would love to see more, you know, risky, risky endeavors in development, but it's like when you're developing these, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, triple A titles, it's like, you kind of got to go with a sure thing. And I don't know at the end of the day, yeah, it's like, it's comfort food. And it's weird to jump from that to, to demon souls where it's like, you know, like to go from this big sprawling kind of meandering, uh, familiar experience to something that is like, you know, obtuse and claustrophobic and completely requires full attention. And it's like, it's kind of, you know, I don't know. It's like, get, it's like getting in the pool paddling around and being like, Ooh, I'm cold and getting in the hot tub and being like, Oh no, I'm too hot. And then I get back. To the pool. You know, it's like, a, it's, a, it's, I don't know. It's, it's fun to jump between them though. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I, I haven't started it yet. And it feels like one of those, uh, just to your point, Max, about like, you don't know when you'll finish it and it, it, but you'll feel full probably at some point. Lucy, how you're saying you'll, you'll play it over the course of a few months. I feel like I really got into Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but it was because it was the only game I was playing. Right. Uh, and so I haven't started Valhalla specifically because yeah, there is that problem of there's so much to play right now, which is a great problem to have. Um, but yeah, it, it is one of those, like it is nice to have an Assassin's Creed that lets you just kind of do that comfort food stuff as you would expect at the launch of a it, system. It's- it's also just kind of like, you know, it's a big, beautiful open world on a next gen console. And I I tweeted this out, but like I spent half an hour last night just climbing this mountain, this this snowy mountain, really quietly. There's nothing to do but climb it. I didn't encounter any wolves or bandits or whatever i just climbed this mountain Death Stranding if you just want to climb a mountain and nothing happens. <laughs> well, that, that's, what, that's what people are saying in, in in the comments right like i you know i just it was so delightful it was like really peaceful and chill i got to the top and i was like yeah that was 30 minutes well spent just climbing that <laughs> climbing that big old mountain sometimes you just need to do that when uh we can't actually go out and climb a mountain you know what, so exactly. what extremely sucks about that game is playing it after spider-man <laughs> and just wanting to swing from stuff or to like <laughs> yeah. to like pull people up under rafters and then be like i can't i can't do that <laughs> i'm so limited no it's not the end i'm cutting everyone off because now we're doing the secret cool kids part of the episode uh yeah. before we do before we do wrap up i do want to also just for one other uh launch game i think max you've been playing it a little bit but um for me i've also been really enjoying Sackboy. um in yes. terms of a yeah a, a, in terms of another like comfort food thing because i don't think it's doing anything like revolutionary but um i i saw some people 
I saw a couple criticisms of it that they were like, why did they take out like it's bad because they took out the creation stuff. But I'm like, we've known they were taking out the creation stuff since the beginning. So that's not a factor right right now. Um, This is through and through a platformer. And so I think what it loses from having the other aspects of that, it gains by being focused on making great platforming levels because I always admired Little Big Planet. I think like Dreams is the better encapsulation of what Media Molecule can do as a studio on that aspect. And for me, the like levels in Little Big Planet were always besides the point. Like the, the levels mm-hmm. that came with it were never really the point. With Sackboy, they are the point. And there's definitely like patterns of levels it's like okay this is a level where i'm going to be riding a vehicle through the level and trying to get stuff as the level goes on around me or this is a level where i have to get x number of things into the basket before i can move on to the next area like there are definitely pockets of levels but i think the design of them is much more curated and thought through um for those who've been playing it i don't know how you feel about it but i've i've been doing it quite a bit and especially in co-op it does a lot to make the co-op experience fun because of how much you can both you can both be dependent but independent and still have fun in the levels and you also can have a lot of fun interacting with one another yeah to me um this game feels like the closest thing to a super mario 3d world sequel that we've gotten in a while it is it is stylistically incredibly similar to that game um both in perspective and kind of in function uh, as a co-op game especially i think what is missing for me uh that doesn't bring it to that level is um it's weirdly punishing when one player dies um the other one is just sort of left to finish the level or finish a section by themselves and i think that that completely breaks the sort of like camaraderie and the and the the spirit of playing a co-op game together um super mario 3d world and the 2d mario games are really good at like that bubble system of sort of like a character dies and then floats back in or if a section gets too hard you can kind of bubble up and this game has a little bit of that but not really enough and you have um, to trigger that like a cis cop cop yeah 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 which is interesting but that said like it's it was totally scratching that same itch for me um i I think it's like a, a really beautiful really fun uh like co-op platformer it's super chill it is like consistently inventive in like the weird nonsense it throws at you. Uh, there's all these fun little mechanics. Everything feels wonderful on the dual sense, like holding on to stuff that feels like sandpaper and like holding, gripping onto a gear that will swing around. Um, there's a, a, a hundreds of like tight and smart and clever, adorable little puzzles kind of like sprinkled around the progression through each level. That is just like, it's, it's so, it's so great. I feel like this is like kind of the most, kind of uh, overlooked game at launch. Yeah. I think people are like when they want their cutesy game, they're, they're leaning towards Astro and bug snacks, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, because those games are quote unquote free right now. But yeah, if you have a PS5, or you're thinking of getting one, um, keep an eye out on this game. This is, I think it's a very special co-op experience. Yeah, Simon Cardi, I was talking to him about it, and I think he put it the best where he basically said, either on the show or just when he and I were talking on Slack, but basically like in a year there that there isn't a Lego game because Lego Star Wars got delayed and there aren't a lot of like family friendly co-op games. Otherwise, this is like such a great holiday thing if you are a family or if you are even if it's just you and your partner or if you have kids, whatnot, like if you have people to play with, then you have a PS5 or a PS4. This is such a great option to have something that's really fun to play together. And aside from those moments, like you were saying, Brian, where like if everyone else dies and it's just you, it kind of feels unfair. Like I wish they could get people back into the levels uh, more easily. But overall, it, it it's really fun uh, game that I think plays into what you were talking about lucy last week a lot of just like the joy of miles morales and, and how joyful that was like sackboy is just joy like it is just right. happy wackiness um where one level is set to let's dance by david bowie and then another is doing an unexpected uh orchestral version of uh aha's take on me but then the next level <laughs> a giant crab is teaching you how to swing from sponges like it is so strange and weird and fun uh and i think just revels in that uh in a really nice way um it's one of those things where i think like astro and sackboy at the start of this generation i hope we keep seeing them as part of the playstation 5 like exclusive lineup because i think they fill a hole that wasn't really uh that was there with the ps4 when it came to more family friendly stuff on the first party side other than of course like spider-man but they leaned so heavily into mature focused uh experiences that i think those two and then Ratchet and Clank coming up are a great reason that like, hey, this isn't just the place for like deep, thoughtful 
uh, introspective blockbuster cinematic stories. There are also wacky co-op platformers, and that's you know what's what's wild. There, um, Ubisoft has a third giant open world game coming out, which is that what's it called? Immortals. Immortals. Yeah. Um, which I've been saying for years, like they have this again. They have this like tested open world formula that makes really you know fun games where you run around doing missions and climbing stuff and you know light beacons or whatever. Um, and it's weird that that was only ever implemented in pretty hard M-rated games. Like it's either, you know, Far Cry or Wildlands or Assassin's Creed where you're just stabbing people in the neck left and right. And for the first time, they're like, what if we just made it like more like Shrek? Like what if it was like for for everyone? And that's such a well, um, second time. Oh, that's right. They did what they did that. Uh, no, Zelda, Zelda Breath of the Wild came out. I mean, which, but from then- from like Ubisoft. Yeah, well, yeah. Ubisoft played Breath of the Wild, and they were like, "How do we?" Do oh, yeah. That? Well, without question, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, that's but, that's something that I, I'm always kind of shocked by is like how there's stuff that is like almost like not to be like, oh, well, does this need to have blood in it? It's more like I'm shocked that it's considered a good business decision to be like, yeah, this needs to have you got to have neck stabbing in this. And it's like <laughs> it, it was like it. When, uh, when when GTA got really big and then we started to see things like, you know, Simpsons hit and run. And like, uh, there were like fun open world games aimed towards all ages and they never really like hit on that level. But I really appreciated them. Like Lego city undercover is one of the ones, like I played it, I played a ton of that game and I'm like, I know this is not on the level of GTA, but it is like super nice to, I don't know, play an open world game where like when you go to get someone with your car, they move out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's room in the space for both. And especially as more as obviously the numbers show that it is so many different types of people in different family situations, different household situations playing games. It is nice when the established things that we love about M rated series can also obviously apply to E rated games. They just haven't quite gone there yet. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited for Immortals. I, I hope it's fun. I hope it makes good use of that formula um, before we wrap up. I did want to ask, have any of you encountered any of the major PS5 issues that we've seen popping up. We've been reporting about some of them on IGN. We'll have more to come, but there have been uh, just a number of things that I think, especially for people picking up their PS5, should be aware of right now. Um, They include things like there's a download queue problem where sometimes a game is just stuck on download and you have queued for downloading and you have to essentially delete everything on your system and restart it. Um, There is a rest mode bug where it seems to uh, if you leave certain games in rest mode you have to then hard reset the system um there some people on our staff have been reporting that the controllers aren't charging all the way that uh, if they're plugged into the system they just charge two bars out of three and then sometimes they even just run the battery while connected to the system there are a lot of all these weird questions uh problems so i was wondering for all of you uh brian i think i saw you nodding your head so i'll start with you have you run into any of these issues I've had the rest mode thing tw- uh, once, actually, because I've been terrified to put it into rest mode since. Um, and I've had basically like a hard crash freeze type thing uh, two or three other times where I basically had to hold down the power uh, for 15 seconds and do a full on reboot. I will say that I am kind of terrified to use my PS5. Like it's it's a, it's scary. It's scary thinking that it could break and that it, that- won't, it won't be replaced. Like. You know, I'm I'm basic. I'm loading games and playing them and then shutting down my system. Like I'm not really doing a lot of the stuff I'm doing on Xbox, which is just like hitting the home button and opening different apps and doing all this, you know, funny different shit on PS5. I'm very much like kid gloves with this thing. Like I'm it's, I don't I don't want to break it. It's also that, that, that all of the issues that are being reported, um, there doesn't they're sort of just all over the place. Like there doesn't seem to be no. like one major issue that is affecting you know 50 percent of you know like i think with the, the initial run of xbox ones there was an issue with the disk drive i believe like rattling or something um and so many people experienced that including myself whereas with with the ps5 issues they seem kind of all over the show and like one person might have experienced it while another has experienced something else which is kind of frightening i've only experienced the the the, the crashing i had that a couple of times playing miles um, I haven't experienced anything else, but that is definitely for sure something. Yeah, that's happened to me. I've had a, a few games crash, just you know, and which I didn't really think much of. But the the rest mode thing has definitely happened a couple times where I just like I'm like, oh, I'll just open up Demon Souls, and it's just like shows the title screen, and I'm just like, and nothing happens, right? Yeah, nothing happens, and I'm just like, right. all right, I guess I'm just gonna restart then. And then I think it happened with Call of Duty once too. 
but I mean, like, I don't know. It's, it doesn't strike me as like a super, you know, it, it, like I assume they'll patch it, whatever the hell it is. It's just, you know, it's not like the they game might, is. They might have already done that actually. Cause they put yeah. out a stability update last night. Um, and everything I've played since then has been fingers crossed smoother. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it seems to, as to Lucy's point that that's, I think, the weird part where, um, Brian, you were mentioning like you're scared to play your PS5. It, it, it raises that like when I turn my PS5 on, it's just in the back of my head of like, will I run into a problem this time? Because yeah. I think there are just so many different problems, as Lucy was saying, like it is in a red ring of death sort of situation where like everyone's receiving the same problem and it's it's affecting the consoles on mass. Like some are happening more than others, but it seems sometimes they're tied to specific games. Like I've seen a lot of people have problems with call of duty specifically yeah, that but seems like, to be the one right yeah people that's not installing it because they're afraid of it yeah mm-hmm. call of duty seems to be the biggest culprit but it's one of those things where right now it's like is it the way call of duty is res- like talking to the ps5 is it the ps5 itself is it something with call of duty on that system like i there's so much uncertainty about what all these problems are and i think it is because there are so many different ones that are happening like you could run into one of four of the problems we just mentioned while playing call of duty um there was the one where it was loading the ps4 version instead of the ps5 one if you had like the next gen edition or whatever yeah like by yeah. default right like yeah it was, yeah i don't know yeah. i i honestly i played it for a little bit and i honestly don't know if i had that or not i didn't, I didn't go back and look but i remember <laughs> like sort of being like be like all right here comes call of duty it's like the most you know it's the biggest budget like loudest annual big triple quadruple a video game of the year like let's see how what they're doing with that next gen graphics and like i went in there and i was like this looks all right this isn't like didn't didn't blow me away and then i went and like messed with all my tv settings and i was like looks a little bit better now and then i'm like was i playing the ps4 version like i honestly don't know yeah it's it's a very weird time and i think um i i think brian you've said it before on the show of like launch is the worst time to own a new console mm-hmm. because it, yeah. that is when it will play the worst and when you will have to spend the most money on it um and these things will obviously get better with time hopefully sooner rather than later because like as we were saying um you know with this being a pandemic it, it's been tough for a lot of people to get it but i think a lot of people who have been suffering during the pandemic who were looking forward to a ps5 or uh, you know, the Series X has had some problems, but I think not on quite the level of the PS5 yet that we've seen. But people who are getting this and looking at it as a way to like kind of mentally escape from everything else happening and then to be like, well, it may just stop not letting me play or it may stop me from playing my games that I want to play. It's, it is a frustrating place to be in. And I hope it is something, uh, again, speaking to the like lack of transparency. I just want to know that they're looking into this. Like, obviously, we've reached mm-hmm. out for comment. We haven't heard back. But I just want to know that they're aware that those are the most common problems or like what are the most common problems, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm just like I'm kind of hesitant to really put the system through its paces, um, which is kind of a bummer. Like, I, I have no problem loading games and playing them and stuff like that. Uh, but there always is that thing in the back of my head being like, is this going to freeze? Like, do I have to hard reset? I read <clears throat> I read for some people like um, – they did that and it just didn't come back on. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that I I just, you know, that's a like, I watch a lot of horror movies. That's the, that's the scariest (laughs) situation that could possibly happen, you know, with that PS5. Yeah. It's, it's a strange time for that stuff. And I will say that like for anyone who is getting a PS5 this week or has maybe been encountering those problems, our wiki team is putting together a guide of all the known issues and either the workarounds, the solutions, or the things that we just don't know yet. Um, and obviously on the news side of things, it's like we are reaching out to Sony when we see these things bubbling up. Um, we are also trying to be careful about what we are reporting on news wise, because, um, you know, an errant problem from one or two people is very different from thousands of people having the download queue problem or things like that. So we are, we're taking stock. And obviously if you see these things, you know how to reach out to us at IGN, like, please let us know on Twitter if you're encountering these problems, because we're looking into it. But yeah, it's a, it, it is an unfortunate side effect of new hardware. Um, yeah, and if I anyone think, else has the problem where Dark Souls 3 doesn't work because you put the disc in upside down, you should let them know because I, I feel like that's pretty common among players. Tag at Max Scoville and all of those tweets and let them know uh, what's going on with your discs if they're upside down. But yeah, it's um, I think something to keep in mind if you're getting a PS5 or if you're debating, you know, you see pre- pre-orders go up and you're like, do I need this system or can I wait? Like, I think we've all talked about, there's so much exciting stuff. And I think if you get a PS five, you will not be disappointed by the the games that you can play and how they'll look and the experiences you have. But if you're also unable to get a PS five, this holiday season, there are still so many great games to play on current gen consoles or PC. If you have one that like, you will not be 
left out of the conversation. You'll probably just save yourself some stress of playing Demon Souls during the holidays. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But I think that's going to probably actually wrap us up uh, for this episode of Beyond. Thank you, Brian, Max, and Lucy, for being with me this week. Uh, we're out with the PS5. It is here. It's uh, it's a new generation, a new dawn, a new day. And we'll have a lot to talk about in the weeks and months to come because uh, even though the launch lineup may be out, there are still so many games on the way uh, in 2021. Already next year looks stacked, uh, and I still have so much to get through from this week. Uh, before we wrap up, anything you guys want to plug uh, that you're currently working on or want to point people toward? I mean, you know, for me, it's always, hey, check out all the feature content on IGN and YouTube because <laughs> I oversee that, but there's nothing specifically. We've got a lot of next-gen stuff um, on the site already. Please check it out. Uh, there's a great, actually, a great video uh, between Dorno and Ryan McCaffrey, who hosts a podcast, Unlocked, um, and it's basically weighing up, like, which does which console does what the best and it's a really great discussion and it's not like super negative to either it's really positive and um please check it out because yeah we just cracked a million on youtube with that one people are really oh, awesome oh um i've been hosting a show called cannon fodder that goes up every friday morning which has been about the latest episode of the mandalorian we stay up late and watch it or get up very early and then uh it's me and this dude jesse gill who's wonderful at sort of deep diving in at one little tidbit of lore and then kind of we do a little explainer thing about it and what it could mean for the future of the series but uh check that out if you haven't and it's got a lot of spoilers so make sure you're up to date on that show about the the baby animal man and the his helmet friend <laughs> uh brian anything from you before we wrap up um nothing i think that we can say yet but yeah we're working on a bunch of cool sponsored stuff um we've been like kind of killing it with up at noon so if you haven't been watching that take a look uh lots of really fun stuff coming down the pipeline there too cool awesome and for me i think i put up my probably last of the launch lineup reviews um my fourth one for spider-man remastered uh of course all the comments are just about the face but what else would i expect uh but you can check out any of my launch reviews that are up now i did pathless uh spider-man remastered miles morales and why can't i remember the fourth because it's been so long um i got a no, I didn't do Bug Snacks. Simon did it. I cannot remember. I genuinely it was cannot probably remember. Madden. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it was probably Madden. <laughs> anyway, go find out for yourselves what the mystery fourth game uh, is on IGN. But for now, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you all for being with me for this episode. Uh, and thank you, as always, to Red, our producer, for making this show run. Uh, and thank you to everyone out there listening and watching. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. We hope you're enjoying your PS5s if you have one, otherwise enjoying your games on PS4, if that's where you're playing. But wherever you're playing, as always, beyond. Beyond. Beyond.